Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. It is. Is we should be used to it by now. I know, but you know, we get part of the band back together, and and you think everything's gonna be okay. Yeah. Think it's time for another world tour. I maybe know. Maybe a greatest hits album. Possibly. And then you know, then he goes back to his solo project, his much more successful solo project. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Curtis has actually got a theater thing going on today. I love this. I wish I could do this thing. Yeah. I wish I could be doing it. But no part of my life. Like, okay, here, okay, all right, hang on. I know that this is not, this is apropos of nothing we talk about. Sure. But this, it's a one, it's a, it's a, it's essentially, he is at a thing where he gets, they start, they're going to write a play, write and produce a play in 24 hours. Right. This is a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Like, the only people that can participate in this thing are people who are, like, theater people that can take off and do it whenever they want. Sure. Even right. if I didn't have three small children I'm raising alone like a moron, I could not do this. Because you have a job to go because to I in the morning. have a job to go yeah. to in the morning. Mm-hmm. Me too. We, at least we do one night stand on a weekend. Right, yes. The one night stand is the 10-hour uh, uh, film competition that we uh, we both jumped back in to do again this year. Yes. Because we haven't done it for a little and while. And we haven't put it up ours on anywhere. We have not. We need to do that. Yes, because I'd love for people to see that. It was fun. But anyway, got so your kids it, in it. Yes, I just find it so that that irritates me a slight bit because that's such that's like well, like it's, it's kind of a hardcore theater people competition. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, it, but how do you how do you expand your circle? How do you create new avenue? Like, how do you know what if I I was pretty hardcore theater. For a long time, studied studied theater production yeah, at yeah. one of the best theater schools in the country. I uh, I for a while actually tried to be a double major in graphic design and theater in college because I'm crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It just it it rankles me. It rankles me a skosh. It's... And you're gonna cut all this out, so I don't know well, why I'm, we're I'll talking about it. Probably leave it in just so that we can <laughs> we can establish the fact that I would love to do it too. I mean, I honestly would. This would have been. Um, but at the same time, you know, you and I, despite the fact we do this, we do, mm-hmm. we do podcasts and we write articles from time to time and, and things like that. And never, we're, we're, I never read You articles. used to write articles every now and again, but we used to, you know, we talk about this stuff cause we enjoy it. We, but you and I don't get to do a lot of things because of the nature of our lives right now. Right. And so when we do, it's really, really cool. And we're a little bit jealous. Yes. Of, honestly, of Curtis today. So we hope he's having a great time. Oh, yes, Curtis. I hope you're having a wonderful time. And um, we will take our bitter, bitter, bitter souls. My wrinkled skoshness. Your wrinkled skoshness. <laughs> and turn our attentions to the bitter, bitter souls on The Walking Dead. Yes. Because this is episode five. And we're we're on our we're still on our world tour, catching up with all of our ga- with the gang. Right. And as, um, are you sure this is four? Uh, this is episode five. Yeah, episode four was last week because we had um, uh, bludgeoning. Yes. We had Carolyn Morgan. Carolyn Morgan. We had uh, the Daryl episode. Oh right. Yeah. We that's had what I was uh, 
not service with a smile, right? Which was last week, yeah. And then this week, so yes, it is a. We're work, we well, we this is everybody, isn't it? This is well, uh, Tara, we, Tara, and what's his what's his butt who went out on that run right before the whole Saviors thing broke, right? Who we haven't gotten back to, and I think that they we're going to get back to them. Oh sure, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, that's quite right. Um, so we are at the hilltop, mm-hmm. and Maggie wakes up. Yes, and the doctor is there, and we're immediately assured that. Her issue is a minor issue. It's a common issue. She just needs to rest, and the baby is fine. Like, but, within five minutes. Yeah, but he should. she should stay at Hilltop because things could go bad. And there, and he's the doctor. Right, and, and so he feels that as a patient, she should stay where he can help her. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not the a consistent view across everyone involved. Right. Jesus is happy to hear it. Sasha's happy to hear it. The dude, the weird dude who runs the thing, is not happy to hear it. Yeah, the mayor, the mayor of Jerkass Town. Yeah, um, what is, is his name? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. I have to look him up. He is not thrilled because, of course, he he's just awful. Yes. And what I'm trying to every time I watch this, I'm trying to figure out how everyone in this entire little group of people, and there's not that many people at Hilltop. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's what a couple dozen. Yeah, maybe. Um, how on earth, not one of them has sat there and walked up to him and smacked him in the head. But see, I think I think you get an idea of, of that, of what had kind of happened with Jesus. Yeah, because but... Jesus says, like, you know, because he's like, I'm in charge. And he's like, yeah, you're in charge because no one else, literally no one else wants to be in charge because of the saviors. And I can't think of, and because and the guy was like, well, you should, you want to do it? You want to be in charge and deal with all this stuff? You do it. And he's like, no, not really. No, no, nobody else wants to. And I can't think of anybody who I think would be good at it. Well, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like uh, Gregory. Xander, Gregory. Xander Berkeley is the actor. Um, who I've liked and ever, I like Xander oh, Berkeley. He's a, he's a he's very a talented guy. Actor. But um, stop hitting that because it's, like, it's this giant spike on the computer that I have to cut out. Cut that out! I can go get some candy to gnaw on. We can get to there. We get well. Yeah, like I've never had to deal with that either. Um, no, but what I'm trying to figure out is, is he is such a terrible administrator. He is such a mm-hmm. terrible person for actually running anything. The idea that somehow they've maintained having this guy in charge just is—it's one of those Walking Dead things. You sit there and go. Okay, in the real world, this would not be. Well, I here's what I think. I, I, I this is how I imagine this went. Hilltop, he was he kind of was there, and he was, you know, organized because that's, you know, what he says. That's and he was doing his thing. Then the savior showed up, and no one else wanted to, like, step up, and so they just let him kowtow. And you know, yeah, I don't know. It's, you're you're probably right, but he's just one of those characters who you do just—he's so—he's such a sniveling coward. He causes rankled scotchness in you, exactly. And uh, but at the same time, he did get to play most of his scenes off today, either Maggie or off of. Uh, Jesus. Jesus. Or Sasha. And the best mustache in... Oh, right, that dude. Oh, we forgot to turn off the thing. Uh, that's that true. Now. We should go ahead and do that, because I just... Uh, the audio just 
Bye, Kelly. <laughs> okay, yeah. Look at this. Yeah. So the heater came on, and we forgot to turn that off. So this is a, uh, uh, there's a strange little blurping sound there, guys. That's what it is. So yeah, the guy with the <coughs> mustache, the one of one of Negan's lieutenants has been promoted to um, the new head of, uh, of that particular outpost that that Wesley or whatever his name is hired Rick and company to kill, which basically blew up in everyone's face and. Gregory hired? Whoever, whatever his name is. It doesn't matter. Carol administration. It doesn't matter. So, um, in dealing with our mustache guy, he's got pretty much the same dialogue that Negan has. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, it's, it's... I think the, they must take a class. It is kind of... A, well, I think, yes. It's the, it's the official, um, I'm going to be really, really polite in a menacing way. Mm-hmm. But... For whatever it is about Negan with that sort of sing-song thing mm-hmm. that, like I said, I like him when he's quiet, you don't like him at all. Um, it's the same kind of thing. He's giving the same dialogue, but this is actually, I mean, it's, it's in a different way. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a still, it's a mocking, you know, I'm your buddy, I'm your pal, I'm, right. you know, but it's, but it's a, it's a different, it comes across differently. Yeah, and this guy doesn't, do that like he's not i'm your buddy i'm your pal in the same way negan is right i like him better for it i think like just come in and be a jerk (laughs) don't pretend like you're something you're not well they all both of them are uh, all these guys who who have the speeches for the saviors have it with that you know we're doing you a favor Mm -hmm. you know we're taking half your stuff but we're doing you a favor um but before Mustache shows up and gives his little spiel and, and does his whole thing, Jesus is finding a place for the for the ladies to stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have gone to uh, Glenn and Abraham's graves, graves, which Jesus dug graves for. Yeah, them. and Wesley's all like, "Why'd you dig graves? Like, don't dig graves. We burn our dead." And and Mackie's not particularly happy about it, but you know, she asks Jesus later and. And uh, Jesus says, "Well, we burned them because we just want to move on." Right. And we remember. We will remember them. We don't need. A, yeah. We don't need a memorial thing right. for them. We will remember them. Yeah. So then, then to show that they're on their way, the saviors break the gate of the hilltop and send in a car blasting opera. And that attracts some walkers. A car that basically has all of its windows and doors covered covered in metal graining and yeah. like you know wired shut and yeah. bolted shut, so you can't turn the thing off. Right. Now the plan here we find out later is that this was supposed to be this happens and the saviors will come in and basically ride to the rescue and show that you know yeah you know, nice little hilltop you have have here. It'd be a shame if the gates were to fall off and zombies were to come in with a loud car rolling in, you know. But but Maggie takes charge and and leads everyone to leads not everyone four or five guys actually just just Jesus and Sasha and Maggie yeah, so because so well, hang on because so this happens right and everyone jerks up and what's going on and everyone has been t- telling Maggie take it easy mm. take it easy. First thing she does, grab a chair, throw it on the table. She's going to come up through the roof of the... Because the, the, this is a trailer. It's locked from the outside, it seems like. 
yes. You, what's weird is that the only people who seem to react are Jesus, mm-hmm. Maggie, Sasha, Sasha, and these two guys who show up on the balcony. And Maggie says, you know, Maggie starts taking charge. Mm-hmm. She's like, we got to get these. You, go get the gates. They said, we're on it. And, and then, then they, they disappear. disappear. <laughs> well, Wesley looks out the window and sees yeah. sees what's happening just like fades off into the background oh, like yeah, Nosferatu. Okay. <laughs> it was hilarious to me. Because uh, he's like, he looks out the window and sees this happening and he goes, well, I suppose I shall retreat into the shadows <laughs> now. Oh, he's so ineffective. It's, it's, it's stunning to me. But uh, Maggie basically is told throughout the course of the episode, take it easy. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to take it easy. And she's basically like, yeah, no. I don't no. think so. Um, but we are skipping around a little bit because she, they met with, uh, it's not Wesley, it's, <laughs> now you're going to make me do it, Gregory. Yeah, they met with Gregory and he's like, oh no, you guys can't stay. And he could pretty consistently, you know, he can't say their right names. He doesn't even know that Sasha doesn't live there. I mean, he is so bad. He is so bad. There's, and... <laughs> It's just, I mean, the look on Maggie and Sasha's faces are like, how, what, what the hell? And they're, you know, they're reasonably pointing things out. But at the same time, he does raise a point. And he's right only for the, because we've already established that Rick and company looked at the little outpost of the saviors and did no... Recon at all. at all. And so they thought they were taking care of the whole thing without any real evidence to indicate that was the case. So to some... to So, you know, he might be a jerk-ass, but he's actually right in this particular instance where he's like, you guys said you're going to take care of it. You didn't. And, okay, you know, he's... There's more information there that he's not aware of, mm-hmm. but, I mean, for that... For, for what... From his perspective, he's actually correct. Yes. This doesn't change the fact he's awful. Mm-hmm. And that everything he does seems to be going coming out of cowardice and just being you know trying to save his own skin. Right. You never you never believe he cares about the people that are around him. And so the goal isn't to protect the people of Hilltop. He's he's done the same thing Negan has done. He's created he's created a buffer mm-hmm. of people around him for his own protection, and that's all they're really good for. And if you don't know, and and I think part of it's the psychological thing of if you don't know their names, if you can't remember anything about them, then it's not going to hurt when they die. Because mm. that seems to be, and he just if he just doesn't want to know. And, he, and yeah, and he doesn't get anyone's name right because it's constantly the, the the joke. You can't see my air quotes of the episode is mm. every name he says Jesus correct every single one. The only name he gets right is Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus is a nickname. Yeah, so... he's got that weird beard and hair thing going it's on. It's turned out to be real. It's, I don't understand how that happens. That facial hair is so straight. Mm-hmm. And it's real. It's real. It grows out of his face. That's bizarre to me, and I'm, I'm not afraid to say it out loud on the internet. Your facial hair is weird, guy. Yeah, it's, uh... It is pretty amazing. But Maggie... You know, again, told not to, uh, uh, not to get 
two worked up. She goes and she. Oh, let, let's 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 set the stage here. So okay. you've got fires. You, there's you've got fires. The fires. You've got the car. You've got the blasting music, and you have the broken gates. Broken gates and a lot of zombies. Not just yeah. like two or three, like a dozen, a couple yeah, dozen. There's maybe, a fair number. Yeah, eighteen. And we kind of get the montage shot as as Jesus and Sasha are taking them out. Yeah. But they they can't get into that car, so they're fighting their way to the gates to close them. Right. Uh, and all of a sudden, here comes Maggie on a, on a like thresher of some it's a, sort. It's a, it's a tractor. Big it's a big tractor. tractor. And and she runs over the car with the big tractor. She runs over several zombies as well. Yeah, but, that's cute. Uh, the uh, and she's just backing it up. I mean, she is just like. Um, if she's a farm girl, she knows mm-hmm. how to drive one of these. She's on the back one of these and up in a straight line. Yeah. <laughs> so the next day they go and meet with Gregory. And they're all like, he's all like, you, you gotta go. <laughs> thanks thanks for saving us last night, but uh, get out. Yeah. And and just as he's, as he's kicking them out and uh, that's when the saviors show up. Well, the new guy, new mustache to, to introduce himself as the new Negan. For that and, yeah the for as far as he's concerned you know just call me negan and everything's gonna be fine so he tells jesus to go put the girls in the hall closet mm-hmm. and so jesus runs them off mm-hmm. and so then at one finally mustache is like is there anything else you need to tell us because he breaks on he, he he basically fills the little mansion space that is the hilltop house mm-hmm. and and he you know, you've got probably 30 or 40 guys in there. Mm-hmm. It's a fairly sizable presence. And he's like, I want to see this painting I've heard so much about. They go in there and they're talking about the painting and talking about how things are and basically how, you know, you know, um, we appreciate that you've been dealing with us for a while. I mean, everything's been going fine. The problem is that the people you were dealing with got soft. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. got killed. Died. And um, I'm not soft. And, uh, you know, but this is how it's going to be. All right? Okay. And he says, okay, we're going to take about half your stuff. Mm-hmm. And we're only going to take half. And is there anything else you want to tell me? Is there anything else you want me to know? And Wesley is all like, yes, there is. So he takes him out to the hall closet and opens it up. And Jesus has put all of his whiskey in there. And the girls are not there. And... He sits there and pulls out the whiskey and he turns around and holds it and Mustache is like, God, I hate whiskey. It tastes terrible. I mean, you know. Um, and <laughs> Gregory's like, oh? Well, he goes, oh, but Negan likes it. Yeah. He goes, I'll take it. Yeah. And there's Go just, put it on the Negan truck. Go on the Negan truck. And there's actually a moment where he's, you know, Gregory's got the one almost empty bottle and Mustache looks at him and he goes, no, put it, put it, put it in the box. Put it all. Take it off. Yeah. <laughs> and the look on Gregory's face is like, but, but. So they go off on their way and they're taking all this stuff. And Gregory goes storming into the room, his bedroom. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is letting Sasha and, and uh, Mag- uh, Maggie out. And he's like, I told you to put them in the closet. He goes, You told me to put them in a closet. He just... <laughs> but it's pretty great because at that point, Maggie has had. Literally the end of enough. She's oh, yeah. He's had more than, more than enough. Because not only is, is Gregory terrible, is he trying to kick them out, he's also swiped the watch 
which mm-hmm. is which was they found uh, the pocket watch that Herschel gave Glenn as a you know blessing for the, for yeah. the relationship, and he's he's she put that on his grave mm-hmm. on, uh, because they're not they're not there's no stones or anything like that gravestones and markers, so she would put that there and Gregory steals it yeah, and his excuse is it's a nice watch. Yeah, shouldn't be left out in the elements. Right. And Maggie does the thing that everybody wants to do with this character. She clocks him. And she says, "You're. we're going to stay. We're mm-hmm. staying. Yeah. You're no longer in charge. Well, Jesus tells oh, him Oh, yeah. That. Jesus says you're no longer in charge. And, and, and Wesley's all like, are you going to be in charge? And he says, no, but I'll figure something out. It's you're just not going to be you anymore. <laughs> and, uh, and so then... And then Maggie says, "You're gonna learn my name. It's Maggie Ree. You, you're gonna, you just know it. Know that that's my name." And uh, then later, the three of them are looking out the window, and Sasha or somebody is like, "So who's gonna be in charge now if it's not you?" And Glenn, or Glenn, Jesus is all like, "I have an idea." Yeah, because Maggie has just left the room. Yeah, and it's so clear that that Jesus is looking at Maggie and going, "This is her. This is she's this gonna is be our in charge. New guy." And now, from the comic book, we know that Maggie ends up being the leader of Hilltop, and it's a fairly, it's a fairly logical thing here. I mean, she she is a leader. She's been a leader for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, um, she's been a leader among leaders. You know, she's she's more than once determined how things were going to go because of who she is and her personality. But this is the she's in an environment, and for not only for, is it safer for her to stay there because of her. Her baby. Mm-hmm. Her baby. Um, it also is a position where she's not with the group that's actually under closer scrutiny because mm-hmm. of, of Rick and Negan. But this is a place that needs someone. Right. And she and Sasha know that they can do good here. Right. And like I said, I think that it's... This is also setting up something like, I don't know if Rick's going to be able to pull it together before the women finally just take it take it to Negan because Sasha asks Jesus she's like I want you to find out where Negan really lives Mm -hmm. and he's like yeah I could do that uh and he um and he jumps on Negan's truck because for those of you who may not remember it's been a while since Jesus did this he's like the stealth king he's like the escapologist he's like the guy who you you know he just appears out of nowhere and disappears well I think at one point like yeah he's some sort of ninja (laughs) He's got the ninja powers. So anyway, uh, and he discovers on the truck, Carl. And so now we now we need to rewind. We for, need to rewind because the second half of this episode, which was the mumblecore romance. Oh god! So back at Alexandria, Rick and who's Rick going out with today? Aaron. There Aaron. we go. Rick and Aaron. So Rick and Aaron are going out for probably scavenging for more stuff because mm-hmm. this is the way of the world now. Um, and Michonne's not going with him. He leaves her a, a walkie-talkie. Yeah. There's a touching emotional moment because Rick is, you know, Rick is, Rick's in one of those shattered phases. He doesn't know what to do. Yeah. And, We're with Basket Case Rick for now. But Michonne gives him a, he goes to kiss her on the cheek. Yes. And she's like, no, no, not having any of that. And gives him a proper, you know, Kisses with mouth. Kisses with mouth and then, and love and romance and passion. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, that's something that I think that at some point we're, I think we're probably going to come back to this is that Rick is probably feeling a little bit like he's not good enough for anything right now. Yeah. And, you know, he's feeling like he can, he's feeling a little unloved and a little un, uh, and he's not loving himself too much as well right now. Right. Well, he's, you know, there's a lot of self blame here. We, that's what Rick does. He, he blames himself for the wrongs of the world. And sometimes he's right. Sometimes it is his fault. Uh, sometimes it's not. <sighs> he's, Rick is also having problems with Carl. Because cause Carl's a teenager. Mm-hmm. And as much as Carl has become, in some ways, a fine young man, he's also still Carl. Right. And for those of you who thought we'd escaped the whole stay, stay in, in the, the house, house Carl. Carl. Well, because... because... <laughs> After Rick leaves, Michonne and Carl have this conversation that's basically like, what... Carl's like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what? what is happening here? Like, wh- you know this sucks. And she's like, yes, I know it sucks. I don't know what I'm going to do about it yet. Mm-hmm. And and he's like, well, do you want me to help you figure it out? It's like, me, my dad is wrong. You have to agree my dad is wrong. And she's like... I do agree your dad is wrong, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean he's not right. Yeah. You know? And it's the way of the world right now. And part of me wants to grab Carl and shake him till his head falls around like a bobblehead. Yeah. Because he was there when Abraham got killed. He was there when Glenn got killed. Mm-hmm. He should be aware that they are massively outnumbered and massively outgunned. He should be able to put together... The, you know, the kid's got no self-preservation in right. And, yes, to some degree, his, you know, Rick has always come through in the, we're going up against impossible odds, we're going to yeah. come through. But there's a limit. Right. And I, And this is, like, way past, like, impossible odds. This is, this is something more, I think. Right now, Rick's going to need a little more time, self-loathing time, to get there. Well, at the moment, Negan has the upper hand. And we all know, because this is not the Negan show, Mm -hmm. that at some point, Rick and company will find a way to defeat him. That's just how things are. They are the heroes of the show. They're going to overcome the odds. Right. But this doesn't mean that you suicidally run to... Do suicidal yes. things. So, and yes, I'm aware he's a teenager. And I'm aware that teenagers are stupid by nature. Mm-hmm. Um, having been one, I too was a teenage boy at one point. I cannot, I just just for the record, I imagine teenage Tim Harvey <clears throat> with the goatee Didn't and the gray one. hair. Didn't I've have, seen pictures of I you know, as a teenager, I, I but I still actually, imagine I you. I imagine I well, you know, when I'm lit, whenever I whenever somebody tells a story of themselves as a child, sure. I always always imagine their adult head on either one or two bodies. If it's a girl, it's 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 they're both from Muppet Babies. Um, it's the Miss it's the Miss Piggy body, oh, you know, no. okay. the, with the little in the pretty little sure. pink dress with sure. the frilly. Uh-huh. It's if it's a woman, that's what I imagine uh-huh. their adult head on a little Miss Piggy body, and if it's an, if it's a man, I imagine. Their adult head on Kermit the Frog's like little sailor suit with the with the uh-huh. ducky on it. Yeah, that's what I imagine. 
I this is this is That's what I imagine. I have never in my life ever had reason to think that someone was imagining me <laughs> in that manner. And I'm going to not think about it anymore. Uh, because that's just weird. <laughs> well, that's just what I that's okay. what yeah. I mean. So anyway, <laughs> um so so Carl sees Enid making an escape. Okay. One of her patented escapes. Michonne is getting ready to leave, and she says, change your eye dressing and be nice to nice to Judith. No, to to Dolores or something. It doesn't say Judith. I thought he was saying that would just be nice to Judith. Be nice to your little sister. Who's watching the baby? <laughs> when we get back, Judith is going to be on her own adventure. <laughs> she's going to have left town, and she's going to be a little little baby with a pacifier making her way to the zombie apocalypse, and she's going to do just fine. <laughs> so, anyway. So, so Enid and Carl have this conversation where she's like, "I'm going. I've got to go see. Make sure Maggie's okay." And uh, and he's like, "I'm not going to stop you. If you want to go, you can go." And then later, as Enid is walking on the road, Carl joins her. But the way Carl joins her yes. is that first of all, we see Edith riding a bicycle. Oh, right. In the. It may, I think it may actually be the very first bicycle we've seen. Well, since the first episode, Rick rode a bicycle. Okay. All right. Well, there we go. Um, for well, we've for... been saying for a while, like people need to be riding bicycles on this show. And finally, we get one. Um, and a couple of things happen. One, she sees what looks like it's not a puddle of water; it's like a puddle of oil or something from a car, right? Yeah. And I don't know why she stops. And... I think it looked fresh to her, and so I think she was concerned that there was somebody around. Yeah. And it's just it's just a convenient excuse for her to stop and be beset upon by zombies. Right. Because we never get any reference to it again. Right. Or at least not this episode. But suddenly there are zombies. Suddenly Zombies, which is the new comedy from NBC. Um, which, uh, it's uh, the undead at a, what is it? A, a, was it a newspaper in Suddenly it was, Susan? It was a men's interest <laughs> it was a, There we go. So, um, Brooke Shields and Robert Downey Jr. will star. <laughs> <laughs> Which is an upgrade because it was, it was Ju, uh, Jude, Judge Judge Nelson. Judge Nelson. Judge Nelson. Oh wow! There we go. No, okay. There's gonna be Judge Nelson again. So anyway, consistency. Anyway, yeah. So suddenly a car comes out of nowhere and runs over a zombie. Doesn't quite kill it. Yeah. Because, like his mother, Carl can't drive for crap, and he has no depth perception. And he has no depth perception. I. We that was the best part of this episode. Because Rick's trying to talk to Carl, and Carl is mad, and he's playing darts, and every dart has landing like consistently right outside. Of it's the a nice glass. grouping. It's actually yes, a fairly it's a good, good grouping, grouping but it's just all just wrong. like he needs. And I understand why he's probably doing it. He's trying to get his aim back. Oh sure, of course he is. But anyway, uh, so he so, runs over the zombie, and the zombie's not quite dead. He backs up to the zombie, runs over it. Now, in the course of this. Uh, he pretty much totals the car. Yeah. Because, again, like his mother... Can't drive. He can't drive. And then he's like, I just want to go out for a drive. And Enid's just like... <laughs> so he joins her on her walking tour. <sighs> yes. And uh, they're they're strolling down the road. And they're talking about the, the fact that Carl has said that he's glad that he saw Glenn and Abe get killed. Because he needs to have that... He needs, when the time comes to kill Negan, he needs to have that. Right. He needs to have that emotion. And Edith's like, I'm glad I didn't see it. 
because same reason, really. Yeah. I, I'll be able to, you know, I'm not going to be, I, I'll be I fine. I don't want to want that in me. I know I can, I'm already ready to kill him. Right. Um, but it's, it's, even though we've seen Carl have the moments where he has been the person who can kill. Right. And the person, it's, this still, this whole scene is a whole lot of teenage talk. Yeah. And they, they find some roller skates on the side of the road, so they roller skate for a little while, and it's so cute. And the whole time I'm watching all this happening, I'm like, something terrible is about to happen I to this know. girl. Something awful is going to happen to her. Because we've segued into, uh, basically, the teenage romantic, you call it mumblecore comedy, yeah. romantic comedy. And that's exactly the kind of tonal shift that this show goes for. It's... Yeah, murder, murder by death, <laughs> zombies in parachutes, zombies we were, in parachutes. Yeah, it's, it's another moment where you're kind of hoping for a stealth zombie to just show up and go. Well, especially considering how sweet they were being to each other. Because oh, yeah. Because they, like, are holding hands and they're, like, getting, and at the very, very end they get to, uh, they get there to mm -hmm. the hilltop and... That's when she realizes that Carl didn't come for her. He didn't come to find her. He was being truthful. He didn't come to save her mm -hmm. or make sure she got there safely. Uh, he came because he's going to climb on the a truck and go back to Negan and try and kill him. Which, as far as plans go, has the advantage of being the same plan. <laughs> That Jesus has. <laughs> yeah, so not that terrible. On the other hand, um, Carl is a teenage boy, which right. means he's 85% idiot. Mm -hmm. He also has uh, a moment, the two of them have a moment where she's saying, you shouldn't go. Yeah. And he's saying, I need to go. She, you shouldn't go. They're going to get caught. And she kisses him. Mm-hmm. And he kisses her forehead, and they actually have the teenage, the the budding teenage romance we've been seeing. And it was the teenage version of what happened with Brick and Michonne. It kind of was, yeah. Because he does something very chaste, mm -hmm. kind of, I, I have feelings for you, I don't want to push too far, especially mm -hmm. at this moment. And she, she says, no, we're going for it. Yeah. And so she kisses him, and then she like walks off and walks towards, starts walking towards the truck. So he goes, "They're gonna see you." And she turns back, and she goes, "No, they're not." <laughs> she just keeps going, which is great because like it's like no one ever notices Enid wandering around like climb up. She she left Alexandria by taking metal like pipe and sticking it loudly into mm -hmm. the fence to climb up the wall like clang clump clump clang clump clump and nobody but carl noticed her going well that also says something about the alexandria well yeah. but she does the exact apparently the exact same stealth ninja zombiness into into the hilltop yeah because when maggie gets back to her goes back to the grave Edith's in there. Yeah, and she's sitting there. She's she has put balloons on on Abe's, Abe's grave, grave, but and... she didn't know because there was nothing to mark it. And uh, and it's sweet. And, yeah, and she because if you again, it's it's easy for these things to be forgotten. But there was a family unit happening there between Maggie and and Glenn and her, and it's it was 
you know, she was finding something with them that felt like family. Yeah. And so this is a devastating thing for her. We, we, we've seen how it's been devastating everybody else, but we forget that there's a teenage girl involved here who's starting to develop, uh, yeah, because a, 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 almost, almost a father daughter relationship with Glenn. Right. They had, they had saved each other when mm-hmm. they were both stuck out yeah. in, in the outside. And so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on there. And so basically that's what happens with the end for her and Maggie is they, Maggie and Sasha and Enid share a meal together and they, and Maggie gives Glenn's watch to Enid mm-hmm. and, and they say grace and, you know, they're going to be okay. And I think as much as certainly there's no guarantees in this show. Um, they'll be okay for now. They'll be they'll be okay for now. And but you also get the sense that that if the writers have any sense, they're going to allow this situation to develop in a way that's going to let mm-hmm. Maggie be the leader that she should be here. All right. And, well, yeah, they're they're one hundred percent heading that way because like there was no greater telegraph than 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 Maggie basically going, "Who's going to be the leader?" and and Glenn looking at her and going, "I don't know. I'll talk to you about it later." <laughs> Uh, for the record, folks, that would be Sasha and Jesus. No, it Maggie, was Maggie. Maggie had left the room, and Glenn is dead. It was Maggie and Jesus. Maggie left the room, and and Sasha I, and Sasha and Jesus are there. You're wrong, but we don't go back and check these things. Anyway, um, so that was the episode, and you made a comment early on that we didn't talk about yet, which All is right. Maggie's clothing, right? Her wardrobe changed. I, I it's and I think that it's it's going to be an important. Like you kind of were like, oh, it's just she, probably not her clothes, hmm. which is possible. But Maggie, up until this point, has been open, open uh, button-up shirt and tank top. Yeah, open button-up shirt and tank top. You know, everything she owns is open button-up shirt and tank top because you know she's country girl she's you know the farmer's daughter Mm -hmm. and when she comes out after being told by the doctor that she's fine and that she needs to stay stick around so that she can continue to be fine she comes out in in skinny jeans running shoes and an olive green sweater Mm -hmm. and it's completely different from anything she's ever worn on the show before and I think that it is, it's, it's a, uh, a sign that this is no longer the same character that we're used to. This, this is a new Maggie. This is somebody who is going to, is ready to take charge. Mm-hmm. And we see that throughout. And not only that, but when she changes clothes again into a t-shirt, it is an olive green t-shirt again. Mm-hmm. Which I think is, like I said, I think it's to symbolize that now she is going to be someone who is in charge. And I think that's probably if that's that could very easily be the case. I think yeah. that it's um, if if that is what they're going for, then then this is a turning point for her. This is a point where she is. We we know just from the way that she is setting herself up in this episode, the way people are looking at her. That she is the kind of person who is going to take charge. Mm-hmm. And you might be in the way. Right. Um, Gregory. Who's that? <laughs> I think you mean Wesley. 
I believe he's Gregory the Wesley or yeah. Wesley the Gregory or mm. one of those things. But anyway, um, yeah, so this is going to be one of those situations where we're going to see sort of the rise of Maggie and Rick may be dealing with, with his own sense of, of how is he going to do this, but Maggie's not going to have doubts. There's, right. there's no doubts in Maggie right now. And I think everything, that, yes. Um, but I don't think, I, don't, I also don't think that Maggie's going to be one of those people who's going to have doubts but be foolish about it. She's mm-hmm. going to know when you can't do something right now. Well, I think that that's, that's obvious from the fact that while she did put what they they basically told Gregory that he was no longer in charge she didn't come right out and say and it's me now I'm your new boss and she left him they left him as a figurehead so that he could deal with the saviors when they come well for now I think I think that the he is of course going to be the weakest link in this chain and he's gonna have to go bye-bye fairly soon Mm -hmm. because once the saviors come back and he's gonna try and throw her under the bus it's gonna get ugly because that may be the question of you know how does mustache die so i mean it's it's gonna be it's and i have no doubts that that maggie is going to whip the hilltop people into shape in the way that that uh, Rick wanted to whip Alexandria into shape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think that uh, everybody realizes they have things to lose now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's more than they first thought it was. There's a whole lot of people figuring out where they're going to be and how they're going to stand in this. And that's really, I think, what this whole season is going to be. Is, mm-hmm. you know, where, where do I fit in this and how do I fight back and, and how do we make that happen? Right. Leading up to, you know, War. So, anyway, that was this week's, week's episode. Mm. So, eh, interesting places to be. Um, more interesting right now to watch Maggie than to watch, I think, Rick right now. Well, we'll see. I I do have this feeling that um, that Rick's going to, the pendulum is going to swing. Oh, it will. Back. Of course it will. I mean, the Rick Rick's... Rick's best, finest moments are the ones where he is, you know, striking back against evil. Mm-hmm. You know, that the, the sheriff, the, the lawman, right. right? But he has that pendulum, that swing of... It, it, I wish that there was... We've talked about this before. There's no middle ground with him. Yeah. It's either, I am the... I'm here to kick your ass. Mm-hmm. I am in charge... I know I know what we're doing. This is how it's going to be. It's my way or the highway. I'm covered in blood. I'm screaming in the street. Mm-hmm. Or it swings all the way the other way, and he is. I don't want to be in charge. I can't handle this. I'm wide-eyed, teary-eyed, mm-hmm. completely meek, beaten down. And there's, and it's so the extremes are so extreme, and the time in the middle. Where it's like, yeah. I'm Rick. Hi, I'm the sheriff. I'm going to make some super great decisions for you. It's so short. Well, not even that I'm going to make super great decisions for you. It's, I'm going to make decisions. They might be right. They might be wrong. But at least I'm thinking about them. Yeah. I'm, I'm, pro- I'm, not, I'm not acting as if I'm invincible. I'm not acting as if I'm, I can't win. Right. And that seems to be the, that is, that's those extremes. So, yeah, and, and it will come back around. But I think we're, they've. But I think we're starting off early because what's going to happen 
what what is going to happen is what's going to happen uh i think that carl is not going to uh be super great at his assassination attempt no he's probably not and negan's already taking kind of a shine to him uh-huh and so negan is going to kind of take carl under his wing and foster that assholiness in him mm-hmm. and that's what's going to make R- rick's going to do the whole he's got my son thing and that's going to lead us into this well you know because because negan will not be able to resist rubbing that in rick's face right because that's just who negan is so we got a preview this week of upcoming episodes and we actually get to see negan do a piece of his spiel which is the reason he calls himself they call themselves the saviors is because he's his his pitch is that they're bringing civilization back right which is a curious argument to make yeah, based well, on what we've seen so know. far but we we were all just screwed by make America great again. So I don't know why you think this is uncommon. <laughs> I'm just saying, we're this is just, we're looking into the future, Dustin. Uh-huh. Oh God, I know. Tell me about it. Anyway, we're not going to get into politics tonight because I'll make it's cry. I'm too sorry. late. It's too late in the night. It's too late, baby. Uh, it's too late. Although you, so I really did want something. <laughs> Sad has died, and now I'm just gonna drink. The vocal stylings of Dustin Adair, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and on that note, slightly flat, yeah. um, we are going to bid you guys adieu. Uh, thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. You can find us on iTunes and podcast.com, and we would hope that you would leave us a comment or rate us there. That would be fantastic. That way um, we could... There's not a The Walking Dead next week. Is there not? I don't believe because we didn't get a next week on Walking Dead. We got coming there up. There may be a gap. We'll we'll take a look at this. The it is the holidays. I know you're going out of town. Are you going to be back in town? Next I will Sunday? be back in town. I will be here as well. So we will. If there's an Walking Dead episode next week, we will we will talk about it. That. Um, and if not, we'll find something else to talk about. We may take a week off. I don't know. A lot of our podcasts are taking a week off next week. Um, I like to do this. I do too. So, so I think we'll, we'll we'll talk about something if we'll not the walking. We'll figure something day. out. Well, however we find ourselves talking next week, we will see you guys next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for listening, folks, and good night, Dustin. This has been a presentation of HorrorForMe.com. Copyright 2016 by Flaming Dog Media LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Ha, 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 ha.